Wow, wow. Well, what's up, 9 a.m.? You guys doing okay? Man, that was quite the introduction there, and uh, I, uh, I know I don't look old enough to be Amanda's youth pastor, uh, uh, but I, I was for quite some time, and man, uh, I'm excited to be in Southern California. This is like the best weather in the world. What is going on here? I, I am so amazed uh, at, at the weather here, and uh, uh, I come from uh, Southeast Texas, uh, just outside of Houston. Uh, we left yesterday morning. Uh, at about uh, 8.30 in the morning. It was already 95 degrees, I believe, and about 100% humidity. Uh, and so when I got off the plane here and felt the weather, man, I feel like I'm really on vacation. So uh, uh, so glad to be here with you guys today. Uh, honored to be here. And we're going to kind of continue on uh, with the... Uh, um, am I in the right place, everybody, with this? Am I okay? I'm a little OCD. I hope I'm not messing up the TV shot, but I'm going to move this... Right there. You guys okay with that? I feel better. I don't know if you guys feel better or not, but I'm, I feel better. I was like, we were way over here and we were talking, you know? So, uh, so anyway, excited to be here. Um, before we get into the message today, I want to say just a great big thank you to you guys to give you just a little bit of backstory of where we are in our life. Uh, we were youth pastors and associate pastors at the same church for uh, about 20-something years, and then we took the lead pastor position at a church in what I call a turnaround um, uh, type of a situation where the church was needing some help and some guidance. We went in and were senior pastors there for about four years, uh, and God's doing some great things in that church now. And then God laid on our heart to plant a church. That means give birth, start a church from scratch. Uh, two years ago when I was 45 years of age. Uh, I don't know if I recommend that at 45, but uh, God is doing some great and amazing things. And the reason that I bring it up, it's High Point Church in Friendswood, Texas. We're located about halfway between Houston and Galveston, about 30 miles in between each one. Uh, and God's doing some great things. But I want you to know uh, that Pastor Aaron and Amanda have been great friends to us during this process of planting our church, High Point. And uh, you guys, because of your giving, were able to sow into the launch and the plant of High Point Church. I'm talking about thousands of dollars that really helped us start strong. Our first weekend, we had 500 people that showed up. God's doing some amazing things. Yeah, give God a hand clap. And more importantly than that, uh, since our inception 16 months ago, uh, over 150 people have surrendered their life to the Lord because of your giving. So you guys have a role to play in that. So thank you so much uh, for what you have done and what you did. And so excited to be here. Uh, we're going we're gonna to pray over this word. We're going to get right in. Father, we thank you for today. God, I thank you that I have this opportunity to be here at Coastline. God, I thank you that you've drawn people together inside your house today. God, I thank you that as we take a few minutes to get into your word, God, that we would open up our hearts to receive what you have for us, God, that you would show us things that would help us, God, that we'd be able to take things out of your word, God, we'd be able to apply them to our life and leave out these doors today better than we came in. God, we thank you for that right now. I pray for every single person here. Bless them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Well, we're talking about the Holy Spirit today, and uh, I'm going to be specifically talking to you about the Holy Spirit as a helper to you. How many of you guys have ever needed help in your life? You know, I think that's uh, one of those funny questions. We all need help, right? Uh, I, I, know about, I don't know about you, but I've been in situations where I've tried to do some things alone before, and alone is never good. 
It's always better if you're going to do something especially difficult in your life or go through something difficult in your life that you have someone to help you that's around you. And so I want to kind of talk to you about the role of the Holy Spirit as a helper in our life. Let's look at our key verse, our kind of our foundational verse for this message in John chapter 10 and verses 3 through 5. And it says this, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. And what I want you to see first of all here is that in this passage, uh, we're referred to as people that have opened up our hearts to God as sheep and, and, and the Lord as our shepherd. So it says this, and the gatekeeper opens up the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But, when, uh, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And what I want you to see, just a couple of things as we dissect this, and then we're going to kind of take off in this message, is that he calls his own sheep by name. First of all, I want you to know this, that God knows your name. You ever been someplace new, not known anybody, kind of walked in, maybe intimidated, not sure what to expect, and lo and behold, someone is there that knows you, and they know your name, and all of a sudden, you feel so much better that you actually have identified and connected with someone, and that someone cared enough about you to remember your name, I mean, that makes you feel so much better. And I want you to know this, that God cares that much about you, that he knows your name. And it goes on to say this, it says, and he leads them out. And when he has brought them out, all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. And I love this. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I think there's lots of misconceptions sometimes in the body of Christ. And I know when I was growing up, I was processing like who God was, who he, who he was going to be in my life, and how the Holy Spirit kind of fit into this picture of my life. And in the very beginning, I kind of had a, a misguided view of God. And let me just say this, that our view of God will always determine our response to God. That if we think God is a big God, our response to God will be big. But if we think God is small, our response to God will actually be small. And I kind of had this misguided thought that God was out to get me, and he was trying to make me do a bunch of stuff that was better than what I was doing before. And, how, and just so you know, in any misconception, there's always a little bit of truth in that. But God is not behind us, pushing on you, making us do anything, kind of wanting to bop us over the head. He's not that kind of a God at all. In fact, this scripture actually says this. He calls his own sheep by name, and it says he goes out ahead of them, and he leads them out, which means God is not behind you, pushing you into anything. He's out in front of you, and he's calling you to things. In fact, he's calling you to a life of fulfillment. He's calling you to a life of purpose. He's calling you to a life of destiny. He's calling you to a life where you are fully surrendered unto him. And so I love that. And his sheep follow him. Why do we follow him? Because we know his voice. And I love this. It says, and, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from, from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. The first thing that I really want you to see today is this, is that we have a speaking God. We have a God that wants to speak to us. We have a speaking God. He's trying to, he's trying to talk to us all the time. Now, the great thing is, is this, is that he's speaking to us all the time. What is absolutely crazy, though, is we're not very good at listening sometimes. So he's always talking, but sometimes we don't always listen. Now, you know, I was thinking about this, and I wanted you to kind of ponder on this word. The word is frequency. 
Think about frequency. I can remember whenever uh, I was younger, and uh, I'm going to date myself here just a little bit, but a couple of things I remember about frequency is where we used to actually have to listen to the radio for our music. There was no iTunes or there was no, like, free, you know, we didn't have, like, a playlist. We actually had to, like, make a mixtape ourselves, like, spend time making that mixtape. Y'all remember that? Okay, some of y'all do. Some of the young people were like, what are you talking about? Uh, and so, you know, you had to make the mixtape yourself or something, but I can remember having to actually have this bit on my boom box, on my jam box, my radio. I had to actually have this dial, and I would actually have to turn this dial to tune into the radio station that I wanted to list, listen to. And TV was not much better. It didn't, it didn't used to, we didn't used to have like all these online platforms where you can watch Netflix and Hulu or some other app where you get all of your, uh, you know, local television. Another thing is, is that they didn't used to have DVRs. Like when I was growing up, there was no DVR. Like if you weren't sitting in front of the TV, you weren't catching that program. That's just kind of how it was. But one of the crazy things is, is that uh, we grew up and we had, uh, when I first was really, really young, we had a TV that had rabbit ears on it. You guys remember rabbit ears? There's like two antennas that look like this, and you had to like like move them to like get them to like you know like you know like put some tinfoil on there. It looks really crazy, you know. Uh, and so you're you're trying to tune and you're trying to get to the frequency. And then on the back of the TV from those rabbit ears, there would actually be like an alligator clip. And you would ha you have two choices. You can clip it on the two screws that were VHS, I mean G VHF, or the two screws that were UHF. Am I taking y'all back today? All right. But here's the crazy thing. After I got a little bit older, we were actually able to afford an outside antenna. Come on, somebody. I mean, now you have this big, huge thing like standing up outside your house. It's got all these like arms off of it. And you're trying to figure out like what's going on, right? And so it looks like some alien's about to land on your house. And, and so I, I'm the baby in my family. And so my parents divorced when I was seven. I have one biological sister. I have six uh, uh, step-siblings. And so I'm the baby of all of those kids. Of all the cousins on every, uh, in my generation, I'm the youngest in my generation. And so I'm always the baby. But how many of you know if you're the baby, that means you get to do everything that nobody else wants to do? And so when we got the big antenna, I was excited because we didn't look like, you know, I don't know, Sanford and Son with all the, the tinfoil up on top of the, the thing there. But what began to happen is, you know, we, sometimes we didn't get good reception with the big antenna. So what they would say is like, hey, Scott, go outside and turn the antenna. <laughs> like, I hope it's not a lightning storm out there because I'm out there like literally holding on to this lightning rod and I'm turning the antenna. No cell phones. They would actually like yell at you or like beat on the window when you got to the right spot, and then you'd have to stop right there. Then you knew that's where the TV program was coming in, just right. No lines going across it, and you could watch that TV show. Well, what I want you to understand is that we have a speaking God, and that sometimes being a speaking God, sometimes we have to tune into the right frequency to be able to hear what he's saying. And so I want you to uh, just kind of view me as the baby in your family today, that I'm outside holding that antenna, and I'm going to try to turn that antenna for you just a little bit to where maybe you can tune into the frequency of how God wants to speak to you today. Does that sound good? Yes. Let me talk to you just for a moment about this word called the Trinity. It's a, it's a word that you might have heard in, in the church world. Uh, maybe you've heard it inside the Word of God. And it actually means three in one. It actually means the three different uh, parts of the Godhead, uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And what I have really begun to understand is that for most people that are open to the idea of having God in their life, they don't have any problem with understanding that God is a loving Father. 
You know, many times we, we read scriptures or we hear things, we understand that God is a father to us and he wants to help us and we need the father's love in our life. We need his guidance and his acceptance and all those things. And then so we really don't have a, an issue with that too much. And then the next part of, of the Trinity is what we call God the Son or the Savior of the world. His name is Jesus, right? And so in, in, in understanding about the Son, most of us don't have too much problem with that. We know it at Christmas time. We celebrate his birth. At Easter, we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And, and we understand that he came to earth 100% God, 100% man, and, and he took on human form, and he lived here a sinless life. He gave up his life. He died on the cross so that you and I could have salvation. We could have forgiveness of sins. By the stripes of Jesus, we could be healed. And so we have all this that's done through Jesus on the cross, and what a great covenant we have. And so many people usually, once you understand that, have no trouble grasping a hold of that. But for so many of us in the church, we don't know too much about the third part of who God is, and that is the Holy Spirit. And so I love the fact that your church, 21 days of prayer right now, and, and Pastor Aaron is taking you guys through uh, you know, messages about the Holy Spirit to kind of familiarize you and help you to understand the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that's what I'm here to do today. I'm going to turn that antenna just a little bit more so maybe you can kind of tune into the frequency of where the Holy Spirit is actually speaking to us. I have a, a, an acquaintance of a pastor that I know, and he tells a story of uh, really a, kind of a, probably one we can, most of us can relate to. When, when they first got married, they've been married for over 30 years. Now, when they first got married, uh, they couldn't afford much of anything. In fact, most of their, their things were hand-me-downs. You know, Kelly and I, we, we could definitely relate to this story. And he said, you know, one of the things that we lived in a colder climate, and we didn't have a really nice bed, a really nice comforter. We had a bedspread. And it was one that was like handed down from somebody else in the family. It's like an old quilt, and it's like torn apart and kind of tattered. And you, know, you hold it up like this, you can kind of see through the quilt a little bit. So this is like the bedspread that's like, you know, you're really wanting to get rid of as quickly as you possibly can because, number one, it doesn't look good. Number two, it's not keeping you very warm. And so they save their money, like many young couples do. They save their money to be able to go to the next thing. And for them, the next thing, their next step, if you will, was a comforter. So they saved up three or four hundred dollars, and they went. You know, it was the day had come. They're going to go down to the department store. So they get in the car, they cruise down to Macy's, and they're trying to figure out which comforter they're going to get. And man, they go and they look and they feel them, you know, and they look at them, and they're they're really trying to figure out, man, which one? You know, you may lay down on. You know, they used to have them on the beds, like in all the department stores. You know, you lay down there and kind of feel that comforter. And and then the great thing is they 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 landed on one. They they actually decided, yeah, well, this is our comforter. And the, the pastor, he's like, man, I had these dreams of going home and just snuggling up into this comfort. It was going to be so amazing, going to be so great. So, so I got home, I got ready for bed, and I came into the bedroom, and the comforter was not on the bed. And so he's like, baby, like, didn't we just save some money, and didn't we just go down and buy our very first comforter? She's like, oh, yeah, but that's just for looks. We're not actually going to use it. <laughs> How many of you know, if you come to my house, there's things you can use at my house that I can't use? I mean, there's towels at my house that I can't use that you can use. There's dishes in China that I can't use that you can use. And uh, I begin to think about that, and he shares that story because so many times in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is actually uh, referred to in some levels as a comforter. And I think what's interesting is that so many believers, we know about the Holy Spirit, but we don't know the Holy Spirit. And so like that comforter, he's kind of just for looks. We want him in our house, but we don't want him in our life. Y'all thought I was just telling y'all a story about a bedspread, didn't y'all? 
So we want him in our house, but we don't necessarily want him. He's just for looks. So we want him there because we're not quite sure like, like what he's going to do. And I think that really comes from, and I thought, man, what, what, a, what, a, what a, a real a trick of the enemy to make us believe as believers that the Holy Spirit, maybe give us a wrong picture of what the Holy Spirit is, or maybe even uh, allow us to think that the Holy Spirit is weird. I mean, have you ever, have, ever had that thought that maybe the Holy Spirit's weird? You know, for me, I, I remember growing up thinking, he's kind of like that crazy uncle that comes over at Thanksgiving or Christmas, and you're like, you never know what he's going to say or do. It might get a little weird, might get a little awkward. And so, you know, I, we're going to let him come over, but not very much. You know, we're going to open the door to the Holy Spirit. We're going to let your foot come in, but we don't want you to come in because we're not sure if you're going to behave yourself or not. Have you guys ever related to that? You know, for me, I was having to process through that as a young person and I grew up in what we call church church. Y'all know what church is? When you got to say it with a southern jaw like church. Y'all know what I'm saying? You got to say church. And so I grew up in church church, which means like there was some outward expressions of, of the Holy Spirit, if you will, or what, what I was told was the Holy Spirit. And so in my church, you know, whether, you know, I was a little kid, sometimes I'd take a nap in church. Anybody ever do that? Okay. Don't, don't this morning because it'll really hurt my feelings. I'll take a nap today. You know, I used to take a nap in church, be underneath the pew, and I'd be like underneath the pew, and, you know, the music's going on. If you ever rolled up underneath that pew, man, somebody was dancing, you might get stepped on. You had to roll back underneath the pew, you know? But I want you to know is that, you know, I saw other people, like, maybe kind of, like, walk across the pews, and I'm like, is this the Holy Spirit? Is, like, is, what is the Holy Spirit? I'm like, some, some, some guy in our church, he used to just take a lap. I'm like, where's he going? I'm like, I don't even understand what's going on. Like, he just take a lap, and I'm like, okay, so... I'm trying to process as, as, a young, as a young boy, really, into my teenage years, like, is, is this the Holy Spirit? And, and I began to ask the Lord, because I really went on this journey. I wanted to know who this third part of the Godhead was. I wanted to know, like, who are you, Holy Spirit? And in and, and what, what ways are you to de- demonstrate yourself in those different types of things? And, and I can only testify to what he showed me and to what he, what he, what he revealed to me today. And I want you to know that that one thing that he really showed to me is that he's here to be a help to me. And he's a perfect gentleman, and that he's sensitive, and that he's kind, and that he cares about what I care about, and that he wants to help me through life. And so, you know, I love the fact that, that the Word of God talks about, you know, make a joyful noise. Man, I'm all about that. I love the fact, man, worship was awesome this morning. Let's get in here. Let's shout a little bit. Let's make a joyful noise. Let's raise our hands. Let's clap our hands before the Lord. Let's do the things, you know, the Word of God really talks about, you know, in worshiping our God. But I also want you to know that the, that the Holy Spirit can be your friend. And the Holy Spirit can have a ministry, if you will, in your life, which means he can, he can begin to help you in your life. And so the best way to get to know somebody that you don't know very well is to have someone else that does know them very well introduce you to that person. I don't know if you can relate to that or not, but if you ever wanted to get to know somebody, the very best way to connect with someone that you don't know is to get someone, a mutual friend, to be able to connect you together and introduce you. And the great thing about that is that Jesus takes almost a whole chapter to introduce the Holy Spirit to us. He's actually introducing it to his disciples, and this conversation actually takes place at the Last Supper. So we always think about the Last Supper being about the communion table, and it is. Always think about maybe him talking about how he's the way, the truth, and the life, and that is about that. But he spends a whole lot of time in that chapter introducing the Holy Spirit to his disciples, and he begins to to start talking about some of the characteristics of what the role of the Holy Spirit's going to be in their life, 
as they begin to move forward. And so I want to kind of, I want to look at this chapter and I want to kind of dissect it a little bit. And I want to give you some ways the Holy Spirit can help you so that whenever you leave here today, you'll be able to go out back into your world, into your life, and be able to take these practical things and say, you know what? The Holy Spirit can help me today. And so that's, that's the goal. So let me just pick this up in John chapter 14 in verse number one. And he starts the whole chapter off with this phrase, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And that's the first thing I want you to see today is Jesus is starting off the whole conversation is, listen, I've got a good plan. Don't be worried about anything. Don't let your hearts be troubled about anything because I'm in charge. I'm in control. I know what's going on. We're executing a plan that God has for us, and it's going to be amazing. This is, this is before he actually lays his life down, before he goes to the cross, before he's actually crucified, dead and buried, and, and, and rises again. He's talking to his disciples, like the Last Supper, like, hey, listen, guys, this is the last thing I want to tell you. And it starts off with, don't be worried. Don't let your hearts be troubled about anything. Let me tell you how this is going to go. And if you know the next part of this, they're not, probably not going to put this section up, but let me just kind of quote it to you. It says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And I love Thomas. Thomas is always the inquisitive one. He's like, listen, Jesus, we don't know where you're going. How can we possibly know the way? And Jesus looked at him and he looked at his disciples at the last supper and he looked at every one of us in, into eternity and he said these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life and nobody comes to the Father except through me. And in fact, in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, it actually says this, that no one can declare Jesus as Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So without the Holy Spirit, we can't even accept Jesus as Lord. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart for you to open up your life and make a decision to surrender your life to God. And so I love that. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father but through me. That's a very, very powerful, powerful statement that Jesus says, but he didn't stop there. He goes on and he begins to talk about these different things about the Holy Spirit. In John 14, verses 16 and 17, here comes the introduction of the Holy Spirit to his disciples. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. How many of you know that the, the disciples, they actually thought that Jesus was their helper? I mean, he was doing some pretty cool stuff during that time period. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's some crazy things going on. He's there helping. He says, I'm going I'm to ask the Lord, and he's going to give you another helper, and he may be with you forever. One thing that I want to dispel is that so many people actually believe that the Holy Spirit was for a certain time period, and the Holy Spirit is not for now. But I want you to understand this, that Jesus himself actually said this, that he's going to be with us forever. How many of y'all know what forever means? That means forever. It's not a part-time job. He's not going to do it just a little bit. He's not going to start and be like, man, I think I'm done now. He's gonna, it's a forever thing. That means he's going to be with us forever. And he says this, that is the spirit of truth. That's the first time he calls him truth, whom the world cannot receive. Now, why can the world not receive him? Because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. And I want you to see a couple things here, but the first thing I want you to see, and I hope you've heard me say it already, is the Holy Spirit is a helper. He's your helper, and he wants to help you every single day. Remember, his sheep know his voice, 
and the voice of another they will not follow. He wants to speak to us every single day. In fact, it's actually the role and the job of the Holy Spirit during this dispensation of time that we live in because after Jesus was you know, crucified and buried and then he rose from the dead, he came back to earth and he showed himself to many, many people with many infallible proofs of what the Word of God talks about. And then well, I want you to know that it says that I'm going to go so that the Holy Spirit can come. So he actually ascended uh, into heaven. But he says, I'm not leaving you by yourself. I'm leaving the Holy Spirit with you. And so let's kind of talk about this here. So it says this, um, because you, um, but you know him because he abides with you and then also in you. So the Holy Spirit is helper. In the Greek, the word helper, it, this particular word that we're looking at is going to be in the New Testament five times. I'm going to show you four of those times today. What we just looked at was the first time. It's actually the Greek word uh, parakletos, and it actually means it's talking about a person uh, who pleads your case like an attorney does. Someone that goes before you, opens doors for you, takes care of things for you, is there whenever you need them. That's what this word actually breaks down to inside the Greek. So let's look at that last phrase, that he's going to be with you and in you. When he's talking to his disciples here, he actually wants you to understand that his disciples are now, Jesus is still with them. He hasn't laid down his life yet. So he's right now he's saying, listen, he's with us right now. He, he is with us right now, but there's a time that's coming that he's not just going to be with you, he's going to be in you. And so he's beginning to lay out what, I, what this introduction is going to look like and what the relationship could actually bloom into, if you will. So he's going to be with us and in us, and it assures us that we never, ever have to feel alone. How many of you have ever felt alone in your life before? You know, loneliness is a very powerful thing that many people struggle with. You may not believe this, but, but, but for sure understand that by personality, I am actually an introvert. You guys are thinking there's no possible way. Actually, I'm an introvert. Like if I'm down in a, in a, in a room full of people, I actually feel like I'm okay if I don't talk to anybody, okay? Now, the, the conflict there is I'm a pastor, and so I have to talk to people. And so it's, it's one of those things that I've actually allowed and asked the Holy Spirit, ask God, you know, Holy Spirit, come and help me to be able to, to, to be your hands and your feet to people. Use me. And how many of you know I never feel alone anymore? Now that he's in my life and I have relationship and he's there, he's like a friend to me, I never have to feel alone. And so it's a very powerful thing that he does. John 14, verses 25 through 26, these things I've spoken to you. This is still Jesus introducing the Holy Spirit while abiding with you. But the helper, second time, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He's going to teach you all things, and he's going to bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. The first thing is this, is he will teach you all things. How does the Holy Spirit help? Number one, he's going to teach you all things. Everybody say all things. All things. It doesn't say that he'll teach you some things. He's going to teach you all things. Let me just say this. He's an expert in everything. I'm going to say that again. He's an expert in everything. He's an expert in marriage. He's an expert in parenting. He's an expert in business. He's an expert in relationships. He's an expert in social things. He's an expert in every single thing. How many of you, how many married couples do we have in here today? Anybody? Okay. How many of y'all scared to raise your hand? All right. All right. So uh, of the married couples that are in, how many of you have ever said something to your spouse that you know you shouldn't have said? All right. 
How many of you, in case you don't know if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you every day, how many of you, before you said it, there was a little voice on the inside of you saying, you shouldn't say that? Okay, that's what we call the Holy Spirit, all right? He's there to be a help to you in every situation. Very, very important, very powerful. The second thing that he will do uh, in his help is he's going to bring to your remembrance all the things that Jesus said. How many of you know Jesus said some very uh, powerful things while he was on this earth, recorded in his word? And I love this because he's saying, I'm going to bring to your remembrance all the things that I've taught you. So Jesus is saying, listen, everything that I've taught you, it's, it's not going to go away. You're not going to be like, because I'm out of sight, out of mind. You're not going to lose this because he's going to be there to remind you what it was like whenever the woman walked up to me, grabbed the hem of my garment, and, 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 and she got healed. You know, he, he wants you to know that by the stripes of Jesus, yes, that you are healed. And so he's going to bring to your remembrances the word that I said to you, so you're never, ever going to have to, to worry that I'm not going to be with you. I love that piece. John 15, next chapter, verse 26, still explaining, when the helper comes, third time, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. What I want you to see there is that word, the phrase, we've seen it a couple times, not just helper, but he's also referred to as the spirit of truth. How many of you have ever been lied to before? Being lied to is not fun. Being lied to actually can mess with your head a little bit because it'll make you think that people don't like you, people don't trust you, people want to deceive you, and many times it can kind of mess you up on the inside, but understand this, he is the spirit of truth. He's not a man that he can lie. He will never lie to you. He will always speak truth to you. He'll always share the word of God with you. So we can live a life free from any type of deception in our life. If you're not sure about something, how about we, well, how about we pray about it and ask God, say, God, you know, let the Holy Spirit reveal to me you know, what, what, what I'm supposed to do in this situation. What is right in this situation? What is wrong? There's so many voices, so, many, so much stuff going on in our world today, in the media today, and we get to hear all these voices from the outside. Understand the Holy Spirit, will, he'll, he'll guide you and he'll lead you. He is the Spirit of truth. John chapter 16, verses 7, kind of going progressively, it says that, he says, I tell you the truth, and I thought that was interesting that Jesus would actually start with that phrase, but I tell you the truth as if Jesus was some kind of a liar or something. So why would he start that when he's talking to his disciples, but I tell you the truth? Because he knew what he was about to say was going to be totally unbelievable to them. What he was about to say was about to rock their world. It was about to turn everything upside down, and they weren't really going to know. So he says, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I go... I will send him to you. So he's saying this, it's to your advantage that I go because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit can't come. Well, their first response, maybe like your first response, is like, what's wrong with Jesus? He's good enough for me. And they're all like, man, listen, you walked on water. We saw it. We saw you take a couple of fish and some loaves of bread, broke that thing, blessed it, and all of a sudden we fed 5,000 people. You are our fearless, miracle-working leader. Why would you ever leave us? How many of you know this? There's another scripture that says this. It says, the works that Jesus did, greater works shall you and I do. But how can that happen? That won't happen if Jesus stays. It's only going to happen if he goes so the Holy Spirit can come. Why? Because he's not just going to be with us anymore. Now he's going to be in us. Do you see the difference? He's in you to be a helper to you, can be in you to be a helper to you. 
to be, to be the help and, and the voice of truth that you need. And so it says this, I love this. I have many more things to say to you, but I cannot bear them now in John 16, 12, and 14. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. So the, the next two things that I want you to see that the Holy Spirit will help you in, the third thing is this, he will guide you into all truth. Do you know that this word right here, this is the Bible, that this is the absolute truth? It's not like part truth. It's not like a little bit of it's true and, and the rest of it's not. It's the absolute truth. From the front cover to the back cover, the maps, table of contents, all that stuff, it's all the truth. So understand that this is absolutely the truth. And it says this, that he will guide us into all truth. How many of you have ever read the word of God and ever wondered, what is he talking about? I do it all the time. So what do I do? When I'm reading that passage, now I say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me, guide me through this, reveal to me what you want me to see. Reveal to me <clears throat> what I need to understand. Give me a revelation. Let me just say this, that an education, we're big on education where we come from. So an education is, is very, very important. But an education is not as powerful as a revelation. An education will prepare you for opportunity, but a revelation will cause you to see the opportunity. A revelation will change your, the way you see something. You ever heard that, that phrase, perspective is everything? Have you ever thought to yourself, the scripture in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 18, Paul's praying that the eyes of your heart would be opened up? What is he saying? I want you to see what I see. You ever gone someplace new and never, and like, like not knowing where you're going? You're like maybe you go to someplace and you're like, I mean, I wish I had a guide to kind of walk me through here and show me what's going on. You know, if you've ever been in a situation like that, or maybe you went to a new city and you wanted to see around, I wish I had somebody here that could show us around just a little bit. Think of the Holy Spirit as a guide to the truth. Whenever you open up your, the Word of God, let me just say this. You have a phenomenal pastors here. I mean, Pastor Aaron is one of the best men that I know, and I'll just say that. I mean, he's been a real true friend to me, and you guys know that he knows the Word. I mean, he knows the Word, very, very much a teacher of the Word of God, and he, he's a great guide for you, and it's a, it's a great gift for you. But Pastor Aaron's biggest desire, my biggest desire as a pastor, is that you would take this Word and you would open it up on your own. And that you would begin to say, Holy Spirit, now show me what I'm supposed to know and what I'm supposed to do. When you do that, what's happening is you're becoming a disciple. But not just that, you're also being able to walk into the purpose that God has for your life. You're learning how to step into something that God has for you. It's a very, very powerful thing. But the Holy Spirit will guide you. You don't have to be alone in that. He'll let you know what the truth is. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then the fourth thing is he will tell you things to come. And I don't want this to get weird, but I want you to understand he will tell you things to come. Wouldn't life be so much easier if you knew what was coming around the corner? How many of you have ever been hit with a ton of bricks before? I have. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could know? I'm not talking about fortune telling. I'm not talking about reading the future. I'm talking about a real God that wants to help you in your life that can give you some idea about what's to come in your life. Wouldn't that business deal be much easier? How many of you have ever done something and you got out in front of God and you knew you got out in front of God because you're still feeling it? I know I've done that before. I, I've, I've gone out thinking I really wanted to do something. I didn't ask God about it at all. I'm like, I'm just going to go do this. And how many of you know it, it was way more expensive than I wanted it to be? 
It's had a whole lot more problems than I wanted it to have. It's cost me a whole lot more, a lot more time and energy. Why? Because I just didn't take the time to say, you know what, uh, Father, just let the Holy Spirit speak to me about this situation. And what begins to happen is he'll begin to speak to you. I love that. He will tell you of things to come. And, and I, I want you to understand that he wants to be there. And for me, I want to just kind of give you just a little bit of context here. I want to get to a real practical, close this out here in the last couple of minutes, is for me, whenever he speaks to me about things to come, usually he'll just show me something like natural. Like I'll see something. I'll see two people talking about something. I'll see, I don't know, a car going down the road. I'll notice somebody in the grocery store. And for whatever reason, he causes me to focus on it. I don't even know why. And it's almost like, why are you showing me this stuff? I don't want to see this. I don't, I, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what this is about. And many times, let me just tell you, I'm from Texas. I'm a slow learner. <laughs> Sometimes he's got to show me more than once. And then he'll show me another detail, and I'll begin to think, oh, I've seen that detail before. I wonder why he's showing me that. It could be about people that I end up having interaction with in the future. I need to know what I saw. But whatever it is, there's times in my life where he begins to reveal to me what is to come. And it's, and, and it's never a, a weird or, or spooky thing. It's something that's really very practical to me. And I want you to know he's speaking to us all the time. And we need to kind of tune into that, you know, turn that antenna just a little bit so we can tune into what he's saying so that we can begin to follow after him. The main reason I, b- I believe, though, that many people aren't sure if they really hear the voice of God is because they've refused to engage and embrace the member of the Trinity whose job it is to speak to us. So many times we refuse to embrace and engage the Holy Spirit in our life. And in like, it's actually his job to speak to us. It's actually God speaking to us through the Holy Spirit. And so it's important that we begin to, 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 to tune into that and begin to say, God, speak to me. God, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear what your spirit is saying to me. I want to know what to do in certain situations. And let me tell you right now, it will begin to make your life so much more rich. If you really begin to understand and embrace the friendship of the Holy Spirit in your life. He's just there to help you. He's not weird. But I really believe he shared this with me because I used to, I was processing through that. Like, why sometimes it seems like people that are, you know, with the Holy Spirit, they're like weird. I'm like, God, why? My friends don't even want to come to church with me because it's all weird. Like, why is that? And God spoke to me. He said, you know what? I'm not weird. The Holy Spirit's not weird. Now, people, people are weird. <laughs> this is what I felt like he said. They were weird long before they ever met me. Come on. How many of y'all know some of them? <laughs> All right. Real practical here. Real practical. Um, the Holy Spirit is wonderful, kind, sensitive, a perfect gentleman. I've never seen him do anything that embarrassed me, never had any of that ever operate in my life. I can only tell you what I've seen and what I've heard, what I've experienced, and he's always been a perfect gentleman. Real quick, very practical. The Holy Spirit speaks through his word. About 95% of the time when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, it comes through his word. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm reading the word, and he's, he's speaking to me through his word. Very powerful way. I would encourage you, spend time in the word. Don't just, don't be, this is what I used to do when I was a kid. I'd be like, all right, God, speak to me. <laughs> oh. While he is carried to the grave. That's what I just landed on right then. I'm like, while he's carried to the grave, what does that mean? That's how I used to read the word. And now I'm like, no, I can just start reading the word. You know, get into a, one, a good one-year Bible or something. Start reading the Word and ask God to, ask the Holy Spirit, like, like, show me what you're talking about here. He'll speak to you. Another thing is, whenever you talk to God, don't do all the talking. <laughs> like, just, just chill out a little bit, you know? Like, just settle down. Just, 
Listen every once in a while. Let him speak back to you. Uh, very, very powerful. The next way is this, is that the Holy Spirit actually speaks through his voice. And I wanted to kind of share this with you, and this happens to me, like I said, 95% of the time through the word, about 5% of the time, he speaks to me through his voice. What does that mean? I've been serving God a really long time. I've never, ever heard the audible voice of God. Never. I, if you have, I want to hear the story. That sounds awesome and amazing. I would love to hear the audible voice of God. It's never happened to me. doesn't mean he's not speaking to me, though. So we're a human body, and we're inside this particular uh, you know, a human shell, if you will, and we process things with our, our, our mind, our will, our intellect, our soul, if you will. And so if God's going to get an, a, 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 a message to you, he, you have to process it through who we are inside this. So your spirit's on the inside of you, but you're going to have to process it through, through your mind. And many times it comes as a thought. It just comes as a thought to me. And how many of y'all are thinking, well, I got good thoughts, pastor, and I got some bad thoughts. How do I know which one's the Holy Spirit? Well, obviously, you test it with the Word of God. If it's totally, if Jesus didn't do it, you probably shouldn't be doing it. But if it's something that He's speaking to you about, the only way you're going to begin to know and tune into His voice and turn that antenna is obedience. It's the only way. Once you respond to it, then you'll begin to know in that moment. Because of that obedience, you'll be able to begin to look back on that and you'll begin to say, you know what? That was a great, great amazing, amazing thing that just happened. And God used me. He used me. He wants to be your helper. Let me pray for you today. First of all, if you're here today, this is just where you are. If you've never opened up and surrendered your life to Jesus, and maybe you, you don't know what that means, I want you to understand and I want you to know that God loves you so much that he sent a, a, a son, his son, to give up his life so that you could have yours. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. If you're here today and that's you and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, be so kind, just right where you are. I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand up right where you are. Anybody here? Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, I'd like everybody in this room to say this prayer with me. Say, Father, thank you for loving me. I believe that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Help me, God, to get rid of things and to add things. Holy Spirit, I receive you into my life as a helper. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. If you would, stand up on your feet today. We're going we're gonna to close this service out with one worship song. So I want you to, to worship with us. The prayer team's going to come down to the front. If you need any prayer whatsoever, please come during this worship song. Receive some prayer. Remember the Holy Spirit is a help to you. God bless you. Let's worship God together.